What is going on, everyone? This is Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. And here in today's episode, we are going to be talking about games four and five of the NBA Finals. Things sure have taken a turn since the last time we talked. So we're going to discuss uh, the Bucks taking the series lead and what we think will happen in game six and maybe seven if it happens. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy this. And now let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. What's going on, everybody? Eric, your ranting co-host here. I'm um, a little upset that I didn't get to watch Game 5 at all. I had a unfortunate work incident that got in the way of that, but uh, I did get to see Game 4. <laughs> I, dude, tell me about it. Like, I... <laughs> I I try not to you know rant about my life, but uh, <laughs> I could rant about what happened to me at work. Uh, I won't. I will not get into that. But yeah, so I was upset I missed that. But uh, I did get to see Game Four, and obviously we got the crew that are you know the rest of the crew here that are going to break down Game Five too. So uh, I'm excited to talk about it. And uh, yeah, I guess that's it for now. <laughs> what is going on, everybody? It's Connor, the co-host with the most, and I'm got to say I'm super excited for my client Giannis Antetokounmpo that he has an opportunity to win his first NBA championship on Tuesday. Um, obviously, if it doesn't happen on Tuesday, then he's got a chance to do it on Friday. So, super excited for him, and you know, excited to break down these games uh, since it has taken quite a turn now that the Bucks have won three games in a row. All right, I'm gonna before we start, I'm gonna call you out a little bit, Connor. How are you still Giannis's agent when you pick Suns and five the series? Well, hey, because <laughs> because none of us thought that Giannis were gonna was gonna play in this series. So that was that pick was made with the idea that Giannis wasn't gonna play. Trust okay, me. I, it, I thought it, I thought you were I thought you were gonna say like I'm also representing CP three and no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. See, like I said if Giannis, if we knew that Giannis was going to be playing at the, you know, okay. fully healthy like he is, then I definitely would have picked the Bucks. I know we had this discussion. Yeah, like, okay, okay. We had this discussion back during the Eastern Conference Finals when we were like, you know, oh, like who would you pick? Because we were expecting to be Bucks and Suns, so we were already talking like who would you pick? And I was like, oh, I'd pick the Bucks over the Suns. But yeah. okay. so he's still my client. He, I'm still right. waiting. <laughs> I'm still raking in the imaginary big bucks from him. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. So, um, I also realized that was a pun saying the big bucks. <laughs> I, I didn't even catch it. <laughs> oh, uh, we're man. turning into one of those podcasts now. <laughs> oh. Uh, I, I know some podcasts that, uh, that like to make dad jokes and puns and things. But, anyways, well, uh, hey, that, was, that wasn't intentional. <laughs> That's true. That's good. At least it wasn't like pre-planned, you know. Um, so, guys, things, like I said, have taken uh, a, de a definitely a turn in the series since we last spoke about it because it was two to one Suns last week. Now it's three to two Bucks. And as you're listening to this on Tuesday, the Bucks have the chance to close the series out and win their uh, the NBA Finals, and or we could have the Suns win, and then it would go to a Game Seven, and I think it's actually going to be on Thursday, Game Seven. Which oh, I've just doesn't been so, make I've been sense. so used to like these. I've been so used to these games having two days in between. Yeah. Like, 
yeah, this, it doesn't make sense. I don't know why they wouldn't want it to be on Friday instead of Thursday, but um, but anyways, that's just how they have it scheduled. Game seven would be on a Thursday if it. Boo if it NBA, boo. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, but like we could have a chance. We could have a chance then, um, to on the on the night that you're listening to this. So let me just recap quickly the scores from games four and five. So. Um, we talked about the games not being close in the first three. These last two have definitely been a lot closer. Um, so the Bucks won 109 to 103 in game four, and then they won 123 to 119 in game five. So game five, the scoring picked up. Well, game the, Sun, four the Suns was, broke their streak of 118 winning games. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I know. It's, I jinxed them, I guess, about that maybe. But, um, <laughs> But yeah, game five had definitely featured a lot more offense. But um, let's start with game four first, and I'll let Eric uh, introduce the topics uh, during game four and kind of break it down. So Eric, take it away. Yeah, so I saw a lot of people on Twitter and stuff that were very excited about this game because we finally had a close game. And... I understand that. The first three games obviously were blowouts. They tended to not be exciting at times in the second half. And so I understand that. But for me, this game actually wasn't really that exciting. Uh, The reason why I'm saying this is because I know Zach doesn't have this on the, the slide, but the officiating in this game was god-awful. I mean, it was some of the worst officiating that I have seen in a long time. And I'm not a fan of either team in this series. Like, I, like I'm like i cool with both teams. I'm going to be happy for whichever team wins the NBA Finals. If the Bucks get it, I'll be happy for Giannis. And that he'll have, like, overcome the, you know, foreseen choke artist type of thing, like, Zach has mentioned on here before and you know, obviously he's Connor's client and everything so I'll be happy for him and the Suns of course CP3 was on my thunder last year and carried us to the playoffs when everybody thought we would get last and led us to a good season and I'm a fan of Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton both as well so like, I'll be happy for either team so I don't have a horse in the in the fight you know I'm not I'm not like, oh, I'm all for the Suns or all for the Bucks. So I I just wanted to get that out of the way because I don't want someone listening to this to maybe think I'm a Suns fan or something, and that's why I'm complaining about the refs. But when when it's this late, when it's the finals, obviously if there's egregious fouls or really obvious fouls, you know, the refs need to call them and do their thing. But they needed to let these guys play. Now, I, like I said earlier, I didn't get to see game five. Um, I don't know if it got any better or not in game five, but game four was horrible. And I, I know the one that everybody talks about was the one near the end of the game when Devin Booker had five fouls and he obviously fouled Drew Holiday, uh, who was trying to score on a fast break, and the refs didn't call it. And obviously... And Bucks fans have every right to be upset about that. That was the main one that everybody's talking about. But there were just so many fouls 
throughout the game that were so ticky tacky where there was where the contact was minimal and things like that. And it, it led to players getting into foul trouble, which meant they couldn't really play their games. And then I noticed this too, like PJ Tucker and Jay Crowder are both horrible floppers. Uh, this is very well known, but it seemed <laughs> like when the, when the refs were calling all these ticky tacky fouls throughout the game that they took it into overdrive, man. I mean, someone would like poke them with their finger and they would launch themselves across the court as if they got shot with a shotgun or something. I mean, it was ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> and flopping is what I hate the most in the NBA. I mean, it, it's the reason why I can't really watch soccer because like, yeah, I, like soccer sure. is a very skilled game and there's a lot of like planning that goes into it and everything with the formations and how they move the ball across the field. But then as soon as somebody gets tapped with their foot and they do 10 somersaults and roll, like, I can't do it. Man. <laughs> and that's what was Neymar. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's what was happening in this game. And, and I hate that stuff, man. That stuff drives me nuts. And and I will say, too, like, obviously the Bucks won the game. And uh, I know Bucks fans were upset about the, you know, the thing with Devin Booker. But there were some fouls on Devin Booker earlier in the game that should not have been called on him. He should not have had five fouls at that point in the game. And I think that's the reason why they didn't call it, because they knew that they had. I think other people were saying, well, they don't want to eject a superstar player. No, I think it's because they knew that some of the other fouls they shouldn't have called on him. So then they gave him this one as like a makeup call for the bad for the other bad calls on him. But unfortunately, then it's you have these bad calls on him and then you have a bad no call on him. So that looks bad. But yeah, so this game was actually kind of hard for me to watch. I, I was not enjoying it. It's really hard to get into a game, especially when like, you know, you're not necessarily a fan of either team and you just want to enjoy the game. You just want to see a good game. It's hard when runs up the court. Oh, foul. Runs up the court. Oh, foul. Oh, contact foul. Like all the time. It's just, it's, it's annoying. So I had a hard time with that. But anyway, what I was getting to is about the Bucks winning is I know while the Bucks fans were upset about the Devin Booker no call. And I know if they had lost this game that they would have blamed it on that. But really, the Bucks should have won this game easily because getting into actually what happened in the game besides the officiating, Chris Paul was horrible in this game. I mean, this man could not buy a bucket. And it was very unlike him because he's normally a very efficient uh, mid-range shooter. He's very good at creating shots for himself, especially when he gets mismatches where he's got a big on him or something, he normally makes a lot of those shots in his sleep. So I don't know what happened to him. I don't know if the moment was getting too big for him or if it was just an off night and he didn't have it. I don't know what it was, but he was bad in this game. And he also had a lot of bad turnovers, uh, especially late in the game when it was close at really critical points. And, and unfortunately, that's not going to get it done. And the one bright spot in the game for the Suns was Devin Booker. But then the problem was with the foul trouble, he had to sit out a large chunk of the third quarter. He had to sit out a large chunk of the fourth quarter. 
I mean, he had 42 points in this game, but if it weren't for the foul trouble, he probably would have got over 50, and it could have been a really amazing performance, but the refs ruined it with a lot of ticky-tacky foul calls on him. And then the same thing kind of happened to DeAndre Ayton. They were calling a lot of fouls on him against Giannis, and um, and so he only ended up with six points. So the fact, if you had told me, like if I hadn't watched this game, and you had told me that Chris Paul only scored 10 and DeAndre Ayton scored six, I would have said, well, the Bucks probably beat him by 25. I mean, the Bucks, especially with Middleton going off in the game, he was matching Devin Booker toe for toe with the scoring. Giannis had an efficient 26 points. Uh, I mean, the only really bad thing for the Bucks in this game was their three-point shooting wasn't very good. But other than that, like, they were playing pretty well. They should have won this game easily, even without the, you know, the Devin Booker no-call at the end. But I'll just ask you guys this before, like, we go to the next game. I mean, I don't know, like, if you all saw the whole game or only parts of this game or what you saw or didn't see, but did you think the officiating was as bad as I did? Was it a problem for you? Or, And then also, like, I guess when you go into game five, you can talk about if uh, if, the offici- if the officials did better in that game or what. But let me know what you guys thought about the officiating. All right, yeah, I'll start first. Um, I definitely I, – I've seen some of the, the plays in the second half that you're referencing, and I agree, and I'll actually – kind of speak on the refereeing part in a second, but I didn't think the first half was that bad. Um, Eric, did you watch the first half of the game? Like uh, the first half to me, it, it was tied at halftime too. It's 53-53. Yeah, um, I, I guess I should have said that. I mean, yeah. the, the only one, the only issues I had in the first half were there were a couple like kind of I'm pretty sure yeah. they were in the first half. There were a couple of ticky tacky ones on Aiton involving Giannis, yeah. like where he tried to take a charge like outside oh, yeah. the restricted area, but they and and it was like a, a couple of the fouls too. They were really late whistles mm-hmm. where so it's kind of like it looked like they were gonna let him play. Uh no, we're calling a foul. And so like I don't like that either when there's late whistles. Like, you know, it's like you gotta I know it's quick and it's hard, but like when you wait that late it just it makes it as long worse. as it's obvious if the foul is if it's like an obvious foul i'm okay with it but if it's a yeah. close if it's like debatable and it's late then that then i have a problem with yeah, it like, they should have just let it go at that yeah. point but yeah but yeah other than like a couple of them in the first half it wasn't that bad but for whatever reason in the second half man it was like foul 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 like on everything like <laughs> i know dude in in like you you're basically ranting on that like and i have a similar type of rant with the nba with with their uh with the challenges and replay reviews and things because it just makes the game go on so much longer like you know you see the two minutes and it's like 10 minutes you know in reality those last two minutes are 10 minutes and it gets prolonged with all these fouls and free throws i mean Nobody wants to go to a game and watch a team shoot 29 free throws and the other team shoot 19. Like that's, and and that's not yeah, what that's the NBA 50, wants. That's like, almost 50 free throws. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's like, all right, guys, let's line up and shoot 50 free throws. Like who wants yeah. to watch that, you know? Uh, so that's uh, really bad. But I, I agree with you. And you said something about um, the referees with the makeup call thing. That's totally. I'm speaking as a former referee, guys, as a small, you know, little flag football league referee. It was one of those things like we definitely did. We would we would try and keep it to where 
you know, if a team, if we call like a um, tough foul, like on one team, then the next time we would, if we saw it, we would go the other way. Like, that's just how it was. Like, um, so I don't care what anybody says. Referees do that. Like, they definitely do. And also, too, they give the home team an advantage. Now, I didn't referee, you know, real home environments and stuff. But that's another thing, too. The Bucks being at home in this, you know that being at home is going to get you the friendly whistle. And that uh, happened with them shooting 10 more free throws, I think, um, especially with uh, what Eric said um, about the, the ticky-tacky fouls, which you would think if, if ticky-tacky fouls are being called, both ways that would favor the Suns because they're a much better free throw shooting team, but they just didn't get the volume that the Bucks had. I think that's uh, if if the the Suns get more free yeah. throws, then then they win. Um, but yeah, it, this was an odd game for sure, and I can agree with you being close but not a super entertaining yeah, and I, game. I, and I guess that was like my main point I wanted to get across because I know everybody was yelling about the Devin Booker no call one at the yeah. end. But my thing is it was bad both ways throughout like the whole second half. Yeah, it, it's got it. They got to address that for sure. And I think I'm I I want to say too this was the game where one of the referees had covid so they had to bring in a replacement ref like not a you know a normal referee but not a guy who was supposed like to be an doing alternate this. yeah an alternate not, guy not those, not those nfl replacement refs no no this wasn't a guy <laughs> off the street or anything but you know but i think this was the game where they didn't have their full crew you know that's another thing too um if you change up the crew just a little bit because these crews have been refereeing together all season long you know they know we they they have a you know, feeling just like these teams do. They have, you know, chemistry. And you throw in a, a brand new referee into that for an NBA Finals game, then that's going to create, you know, uh, less chemistry within the referees. So that's another thing that might have, that might be a, a reason for it. Connor, do you have any thoughts on this? I mean, you guys mostly covered everything. I guess my only thoughts on it are just like, I don't know, maybe this is one of the reasons why I've never liked basketball as much. But it's just to me, like, sometimes understanding when I watch these games, like, you know, when looking through, like, oh, what's a foul and what's not a foul? Like, I don't know. It's just, it is probably, I mean, I know the same thing happens, like, with pass interference in the NFL. But, like, it's probably, like, the most subjective thing out there, which in some ways is bad. Just because, like, you know, I'll be watching a game and you see this play where, like, you know, some dude, like you said, goes up for a layup or whatever. And he gets like barely touched and they're like, oh, whistle foul. And you're like, OK, well, OK, that was stupid. But then you go down the other end and you like watch some dude get mauled, like going up for something. And then there's no call. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. Yeah. OK, well, then how is that not a foul? Like, I don't know. It's just it's like I said, maybe it's one of the reasons why I don't watch basketball as much. It's just like, you know, seeing when the foul, especially when there's a lot of fouls being called. And it's just like, well, I mean, who determines that? I don't know. You know, there's not really any solution to that, unfortunately. Because, I mean, like, I know in, you know, sports like maybe tennis and baseball and whatnot, you could really have, like, AI officials to determine, like, oh, okay, like, yeah. you know, pinpoint, no, like, that was definitely safe or that was definitely out or, like, whatever. But you can't, like, have anything like that to determine, like, oh, was that definitely a foul or not? You know, there's always going to be subjective looks on that. And, you know, it's like I said, it's just from the, the eye of the beholder, you know, I mean, I noticed this in the NHL all the time too. Like, you know, there's 
certain referees that will, you know, they'll call like way more penalties. Like, you know, there was, there were games that I was watching with the hurricanes where, you know, they had, there was one game against the Panthers where we literally, the Panthers literally had like 10 or 11 power plays, which is absolutely ridiculous for hockey. Like, you know, six or seven is on the high end, but 11, like, yeah. you know, it's, it's like the officials are definitely out to get you at that point. And then, but then you have other ones that, you know, will call almost nothing. Like you'll see some dude get like, you know, he'll take a stick to the face and then like, they just like, won't call it. I mean, maybe they're, they just didn't see it or something, but it's yeah. just like, you know, come on now. So I don't know. But I mean, it was I, I do agree that like that definitely ruins the game. And, you know, yeah. the NBA, a lot of these basketball games already have pace issues, especially at the end. You know, when we get into this whole thing where I mean, it's not as bad as bad in the NBA as it is in college basketball. But like, you know, when, OK, we have to review it every single time the ball goes out of bounds when it's under like 30 seconds. Yeah, it's like it could still be like super obvious. But no, we have to take like two minutes to review it. And it's like, OK. You know, when you already have pace issues with that, you know, now you have even more pace issues when all the fouls are being called. And like you said, just makes it unenjoyable. So, um, you know, hopefully we don't see that again in the rest of the series. But, you know, it's unfortunate that inevitably in any seven game series, there's going to be at least one game like this. And turned out this was the one. Yep. Well said, guys. Um, And then just one uh one thing that I one kind of question that I have for Eric is okay. uh do the Suns win this game like if they don't turn it over as much because 17 turnovers I I saw that and I was like wow that's that's uncharacteristic of the of the Suns they're normally a team that doesn't turn it over much do you think that's the can you would you say that's the biggest reason why they lost because you said you weren't really impressed with the Bucks yeah, I mean, well, I, I was impressed with the Bucks in a lot of the sense, but, okay. the, but, but mainly it was the three-point shooting that, because I, I know you talked about that too, how they should probably quit relying on that. We talked about that in the previous mm-hmm. episode, and obviously that continued in, you know, game four here. But yeah, I mean, obviously the turnovers were huge. Uh, I got so caught up in my rant on the refs, I didn't mention <laughs> that. But yeah, um, but I just, the the biggest problem for me for the Suns for game four in general was just Chris Paul because okay. he did have a lot of those turnovers. Uh, and some of them were really crucial and the late minutes of the game, but then also just the fact that he wasn't making any shots either. I mean, he was, he was horrible with his shooting. He was horrible with his passing. And then obviously he's a liability on defense. So he literally provided nothing in this game and i mean and he was supposed to be the you know the leader and you know you can rely on me i've got you and all that and he just did not have it in this game at all so obviously the turnovers were costly but i think but i think chris paul overall was the biggest problem I mean, if he's more efficient shooting more efficient not having turnovers like that combined yeah i think that would have got the suns over the hump well, I also, well, I'm wondering if I saved this for later, but I was going to ask you, because I know we're going to talk about this for the Bucks later on, but like, where do you think, because I know at the beginning of this, we were all talking about, you know, finals MVPs and how, you know, Chris Paul was probably the favorite. So, I mean, where do you see in your mind now, like, you know, if the Suns were to come back and win, obviously we don't know how they're going to perform, but like, who would be the, do you think Devin Booker would be the front runner for it now? 
I I think he would have to be unless unless if the Suns were to win the next two games and if Chris Paul goes off in both of those games, then I do think you would have to give it to him just because he was the spark behind the comeback and he was their best player in the first two games. Uh, right. And their first two wins. So if it happens like that, then I still think he could get it. But I mean, games three and four though, in particular, he kind of went missing. I mean, and I hate to say that cause like I, you know, I, I'm a fan of his game, uh, you know, as a fellow short guy, you know, like it's nice to see a, you know, <laughs> as a fellow short guy. It's a nice to see, you know, it's nice to see. Eric, him. Eric, Eric, you should be appreciating Muggsy Bogues' game if that's the yeah, case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he's about he, your height. <laughs> yeah, he is. But, um, but, you know, imagine, I mean, how many players have you seen, like, you know, right, just right at six foot tall and shorter, you know, have the success that Chris Paul has had throughout his career? I mean, it's not very, it's not very often. Uh, I mean, the only other one I can think of right now is like Steph Curry, but I mean, like, I mean, he's not that short still, though. Yeah, like, yeah. he's he's yeah, maybe he's like, like what six three, like six three. Like yeah. So you know, I would love to see him get it, man. I, I, you know, I really would. I I respect his game and everything, but you know, I hate to say this, but I mean, you know, game three he didn't really do that good, and then game four especially. I mean, he kind of went on the Kyle Lowry missing milk carton, you know, like. <laughs> I mean, he just well, disappeared in game four. Another thing, too, about CP3, which is why I don't think I have a love for him as much as, as you do, Eric, is just he's also a big time flopper. Like, he's not on the level of PJ Tucker and Jake Ryan. No, but he, yeah. He, also, he, he sells things hard, man. Like, uh, <laughs> but you kind of have to do that when you're his size because, you know, it's one thing if you're Shaq. Um, and you got tapped, you know, but, but for well, him, well, honestly, honestly, I feel like you have to sell it more if you're bigger, because if you're little, like you can kind of like, you know, I don't know, I guess it's more believable if you're smaller, yeah, like if someone I, shoves you, I feel like, cause like if you're Shaq, like, you know, you have to like really sell something. Cause you well, know, see, that's, not... that's why, that's why he does that though. Because like, if, if like, you know, let's say, I mean, in today's NBA, like in the finals, like say if Giannis gets kind of lightly shoved, if he like throws himself down to the ground everybody everybody's gonna know he was faking it but if chris paul gets kind of shoved a little bit and he kind of falls down then it's kind of it looks more believable like even though he's overselling it like it right. looks more believable as a smaller guy because yeah, yeah it's he like you're trying to get away with it more i think that's why he does it yeah and I, and it's I, like and I agree I, as i mentioned earlier hating flopping i mean i don't condone that part of his game for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right because if you look at Giannis, like how big and how strong he is it's like oh like some small like push shoved him to the ground like no way <laughs> yeah yeah for sure but cp3 was bad that's a big reason and and two I just thought the turnovers in the first I thought the Suns like way outplayed the Bucks in the first half, but the turnovers were why uh they could never build up a lead and then it eventually was tied and I thought for it to be tied, I thought wow, the the Suns have really outplayed them, but it's tied and I just noticed so many bad turnovers in the especially the first quarter. They were shooting a high percentage. They just weren't getting enough shots because uncharacteristic turnovers for them but uh let's go ahead guys move on to game five and so we go back to the valley of the sun in phoenix and suns are at home game five they should win this right nope the bucks win it of course 
and I'll let Connor kind of break down how this game went and then uh, bring up any questions for us to, to discuss. Yeah, so, you know, we were talking about how this game had a lot more offense going on here. Um, you know, obviously 123 to 119. Pretty well everyone on the Bucks had a really good game. Um, I mean, except for maybe Brooke Lopez, but he didn't really have to. Like, you know, Giannis had his usual 32 points, um, you know, nine rebounds, like whatever going on there. Chris Middleton had a really good game, 29 points. Drew Holiday actually showed up for this game, 27 points. Um you know, and Pat Connaughton was good coming off the bench. And even for the Suns, you know, Devin Booker had another 40-point game. So it kind of, unfortunately for him, it wasn't like with Giannis. Giannis had those back-to-back 40-point games and at least managed to win one of the games. <laughs> but unfortunately <laughs> for Booker, he's had back-to-back 40-point games that have lost. So, um, but thankfully for him in this game, you know, his help came back. CP3 had a really good game, very a very efficient 21 points. DeAndre Ayton had 20 points. Um, definitely one thing that was also better about this game, you know, we were talking about how the, there was so many fouls being called, uh, in game four, there was a lot less fouls being called in this game. Um, there was something only around like 27 free throws that were shot as opposed to almost 50. (laughs) So yeah, the the officiating (laughs) was definitely a lot better in this game. Um, there was still the issue though, that Devin Booker and Chris Paul did get in foul trouble. Um, Devin Booker in foul trouble again. So I don't know if this is, you know, something that he has to clean up because, you know, you can, like you said, maybe if he had been able to, I only watched like kind of the ending of this game, but um, if he had been able to, you know, really not get into foul trouble, he could have maybe even had like a 50 point game. Um, And both teams, this is actually, I remember when I went back and looked at the stats on this game, both teams were like super efficient this game. Like the Bucks were 50% from three. The Suns were an incredible 68% from three. You know, both teams shot over 55% from the field. Um, you know, the only downside here, obviously, was the fact that the Bucks were literally, they were 52% from the line. Giannis was four of 11. Um, so his free throw shooting on the road continues to be a massive struggle. Um, you know, I think it's probably a, a good thing for him that they're going to be going back, that this first, you know, deciding potentially deciding game is going to be at home for him because he definitely does a lot better shooting free throws uh when he has the home crowd and he doesn't have you know one two three four five six seven eight nine ten yeah thirty thousand thirty to forty thousand people screaming you know one two three four just like starting to speed it up too i've noticed like they're they're getting to 10 quicker than yeah they they were (laughs) I, i was watching that they were counting really fast like there was one time where like they managed to get to 12 before he shot, but they were going like one, two, three, four. I was like, okay, that was more like nine to 10 seconds, not yeah. really 12 seconds. So um, also I know. So, but I think really it was just kind of like this game was definitely, you know, game four was close, but this game was definitely better in terms of, um, you know, teams making comebacks. Cause you know, like we have on the slide here, the bucks were down by 16 at one point in the first quarter. And I remember when I saw that, I just kind of was like, oh, OK, like the Suns are going to run away with this game. Like, you know, this is just going to be another one of those blowout games like the Bucks just don't have it. But then to my surprise, I came back and found that the Bucks were actually, you know, they got back into the game and the Suns were only leading by three at halftime. So it's like, OK, so the Bucks managed to come back. The Bucks then managed to pull away in the third quarter and even the fourth quarter. But you know, going back to Giannis's free throws, because the end of the game was probably the most exciting end, probably of this series. And 
unfortunately, Giannis's free throws were a huge part of it because the Bucks they had a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter. Everything was looking good for them. Um, the Suns managed to get... Like they managed to get, it wasn't the fastest comeback. You know, it wasn't like they went on a like a huge run and came back in like two minutes. It was kind of a slow, gradual over the course of the fourth quarter. And the Bucks really had a chance to put the game away when it came down to um, the Bucks were up by three. Like Devin Booker made a ridiculous three pointer. Um, he was like running to his right and fading away, and he managed to hit it over Middleton, which was pretty impressive. Um, but then they came down to the other end. And Giannis had like a pretty open layup going in. Um, Chris Paul like fouled him from behind. So that way, you know, it was, it was one of those intentional things. So that way Giannis yeah, just didn't get foul. easy buckets. Yeah, it was a very <laughs> smart foul by Chris Paul. So you're thinking like, okay, this was like with a minute left in the game. Like, all right, the Bucks want to go up by three here like or go up by five here or potentially four. At least make it a two-possession game. And Giannis gets up there and misses both of the free throws. The first one wasn't terrible. It was kind of one of those ones like it hit the front of the rim and like, you know, you see those ones that hit the front of the rim and go in. Um, but this one kind of clattered around a little too much and went out. But then the second one was like straight off the back of the rim. So that was bad. He overcompensated then. Yeah, he, it was, he like, was short on the first one. Then he he went long on the second. one. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> Yeah, so it was straight off the back of the rim, so that was bad. So then that led to a really quick, you know, the Suns got the rebound. Chris Paul came up and had a, you know, a driving layup. Then they had, like, a really bad offensive possession on the other end. I was watching. They, um, like, it was pretty bad. They, um, the, um, the, like, basically Chris Middleton got trapped. They were trying to get it to Giannis. And then there was one instance, I think, where Holiday had an open look, but then he decided to try and drive, and then he, he kind of, like force Middleton into that bad spot. So then they failed on that and gave the ball back to the Suns. Um, but thankfully this is where Zach has the steal on here. Drew holiday had one of the, probably the one of the best steal of the series that I saw, like Devin Booker kind of ran into a double team and drew holiday came up behind him and stole it from him. And then he was able to get a pretty nice looking alley-oop to Giannis for an, and one too, because Paul fouled him again. Um, so, but then again, you're thinking, okay, like, Bucks up by three. They have a chance here. Get the end one and go up by four. And then Giannis, you know, hits the front. This time he hit the front of the rim on the free throw. Like, this was the worst one out of the three. Like, it wasn't even close. I was like, man, like, what are you doing? Like, off the front of the rim. But thankfully for him, he actually managed to somehow grab his own rebound. I think, um, I think Lopez managed to tap it out to him, and he got it. And then he got it to Middleton. So Middleton went to the free throw line. So you're thinking, okay, like, you know, Giannis isn't at the free throw line. Chris Middleton, like a 88% free throw shooter, goes up and misses a free throw. <laughs> I, I don't know what the Bucks were doing this game shooting free throws if Chris Middleton's missing them. But thankfully for them, it didn't cost them. They won the game. Um, you know, very exciting. They got the the Deer District was going wild, especially after the alley-oop. But everything seemed a lot cleaner in this game. I think it's what I'm trying to say, like compared the to stars game showed up, you know, yeah, like, like everything. Yeah. And everything was a lot cleaner. There was a lot less fouls. There was a lot less, um, you know, craziness going on. But I, I don't know. It, for me, it's kind of worrying. I guess this is probably going to lead into my question for both of y'all. This is the first game where both teams were at their peak. And, you know, the Bucks, even with the horrible free throw shooting, the Bucks still managed to come out on top on the road. So, I mean, you know, obviously going into um, Milwaukee is definitely not a good sign for the Suns. But 
even if I guess I'll pose a hypothetical. Let's say that this was the Bucks at home, or let's say that this, this is the Bucks on the road still. Like let's say this game okay. five, they were still in Phoenix. Let's say the next game was also in Phoenix. Does this be like your peak worry for the Suns that like that when both teams are at full power, that the Suns even at home still can't beat the Bucks? Does this make it almost like you know thinking inevitably that the Bucks are going to win this next game? Like, is this the like a biggest worry for the Suns? I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like, <laughs> Eric, do you want to do you want me to go first? <laughs> yeah, I mean, in my opinion, I guess it's like the best question is is like, is it over for the Suns or yeah, like, yeah, okay, that, that, I guess that's what I'm trying like, to say. Yeah, it's like, yeah. is it like, is it cre- kind of creep into their minds like it's over? Like we were at full strength, like you know. And we still couldn't beat them. Like, when does that doubt start to creep in? And how big is that doubt? Uh, if if I'm the Suns, the doubt is definitely creeping in. I mean, I mean, you have to because you go from winning the first two games pretty easily to, you know, getting blown out in game three. And you're thinking, you know, thinking, okay, well, it's just one loss. You know, we can still overcome this, no problem. But then they lose the ugly game in game four, like we just talked about. And then even when they play some of their best basketball that they've played, they still lose at home, even, and the Bucks missed a ton of free throws. And now they've taken these three losses in a row. And they have to go back to Milwaukee now. I mean, that is concerning, obviously. I, in my opinion, I think the series is over uh, after the next game. I, I think the Bucks are going to take it. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, Monty Williams has proven to be a pretty good coach, though. Like, maybe he's got some adjustments he can come up with. But I don't know, man. In my opinion... I think the Bucks take the next game. Do either of you feel differently than me? Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna pose a, pose a counter thing. Now, I do think that uh, this game six could go two ways. It could the the Bucks could blow them out because I think if the Bucks win, I think it's going to be a blowout. But I also think too, it could be. Um, it, it, there could be maybe overconfidence on the Bucks because maybe. That's how the Suns felt in game five. Maybe they thought we're at home. We should win this. We're the favorites, that sort of thing. Like, we'll be fine. Maybe the same thing happens for the Bucks since they've just won three games in a row and they're going home. Maybe there's a bit of complacency there. Um, I'm not saying there is. I'm just saying that's a possibility. Um, and, and I could see Phoenix being like, all right, our life is on the line because we've seen that with some other teams in the earlier in the playoffs, like with the Clippers and against the Mavericks and jazz, like when their life was on the line and they were, you know, right at the brink of elimination, then they come out with, with a huge game. So I could see it going either way. Um, I, I, I wanted to go seven. Um, Yeah. Obviously as you know, the basketball fan in us, you know, we, we are, and since we don't, you know, we're not set on either team necessarily. Yeah. At least for me, like I want to see it go seven. But my only like counter, I guess, to that counter is that <laughs> the, the Suns haven't been in this position yet. I mean, 
Yeah, they were down. Uh, I'll, yeah, they were down two one to the Lakers, but then AD went down, and so then you know, of course, then they came back and won pretty easily after that, and then they swept the Nuggets and uh, the Clippers like put up a fight against them, but they were never trailing in that series, and then they were up two zero on the Bucks, and now they've lost uh, three games in a row. And I, I think it's almost like it's it's probably kind of like a shell shock for them because, I mean, they hadn't really been truly tested this playoffs until now. So, but I can, I can see your point, Zach. I mean, but what I, I guess this is going to be my prediction for the flow of the game. And thankfully, since it's on Tuesday, I'll actually be able to get to watch it. But uh, my guess is that it's going to, be very similar to game five i think the suns are going to come out hot like i i agree with what zach's saying like their their lives are on the line they're going to be going all out they're going to get off to a hot start but i think the bucks are going to overcome it though and eventually pull away at the end like come back and yeah third and pull away. yeah then pull away at the end of the game that that's my that's my theory but connor we didn't get your uh uh thought your answer to this question so what do you think yeah so i definitely agree more with eric shocker i thought i'm disagreeing with that but um (laughs) you know yeah i definitely agree it's like you know i feel like the suns gave it all they had in game five and i don't know i just feel like you know going back into milwaukee with the way that the bucks are playing you know they haven't i mean like they've been able to somewhat slow down Giannis, but like it's just hasn't really worked and middleton's actually you know, for the first time in quite a while, he's string, you know, in the in a playoff series, he's managed to string together some really good games. He's been really hot. Um, you know, Drew, I mean, Drew Holiday's still up and down, but like when both Giannis and Middleton are scoring, like it's nearly impossible to stop this Bucks team, especially with how good a defense that they play. So, and I think also, you know, to Zach's point about, you know, the Bucks getting complacent, I kind of feel like that's not going to happen for them just because they've been in this position so many times where they've been like the heavy, I mean, even there, I think they're like four or five point favorites, you know, they've been in this position so many times now in the past few seasons where, you know, Oh, they're the heavy favorites. You know, they've been the best team in the regular season or like, you know, they should win this easily, you know, or like they're the heavy favorites for the NBA finals. You know, they, you know, were, you know, 56 and 15 and their road in the East should be easy. Like blah, 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 blah. They've had so many times where they were the favorites and they didn't, you know, they didn't live up to that potential. So I don't think there's going to be any complacency this time of them thinking like, Oh, we got this. Like, you know, no uh, yeah, problem. I don't think, I don't think it's going to be like that, yeah. but I, well, well, yeah, maybe I mean, you don't give be... as much, like maybe, um, maybe you're, you don't go as hard for a rebound sort of situation as you would, as the yeah. Suns might, you know, that's the sort of thing I mean, I'm I think the other thing with that, though, is that you got to think about, you know, like I said, what I was saying about the Bucks, but like, also, this is the NBA Finals, you yeah. know? It's one of those things, it's like, you're never going to have, it's, this is the moment. You're There's not going to be, you know, any Cam Newtons happening here where, like, you know... <laughs> you're kind of <laughs> not giving your effort to go after a rebound. I think everyone's going to put that hundred percent effort, even if the bucks feel like that they, you know, yeah, are yeah. deserving and should have that spot. So, I mean, I will say now if the Suns do manage to come out and win this game and win game six, then I'm picking them to win game seven. Like, I think, yeah. like, they, that's what I think. I think the bucks, I, I'm going to pick them to win this game. And I think they will win it and they're going to take the series and, 
prove all of us wrong with our predictions. <laughs> but if they do lose this game, then I think the Suns are going to win game seven. All right. And then uh, before I, I go on to, to our next uh, set of discussion, I want to give a counter to Eric's counter to my counter. Uh, <laughs> Double count. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. This is probably a bit of a nerdy reference here, but this sounds like Yu-Gi-Oh going on here. Where like you know you have these players like nowadays with these games where it's like oh, I activate my trap card. Oh, but I play my spell card to counter your trap. Oh, but I have another trap card. Oh, but now I have a trap card. Like that's what this sounds like right so, now. So, all right, yeah. So this is just some. Uh, some information that I, I saw watching one of these uh, gambling sports gambling shows where they talk about, you know, their favorite bets and whatnot. And they brought up a stat where Phoenix this season, um, when they have been road underdogs are 10 and five on the season. So they do have a winning record as an, Not as fantastic, a road underdog. But still good. <laughs> yeah, no, but so it, it's one of those things, obviously, we're going to get to the Bucks being undefeated at home in the playoffs. You know, that's a better record. But still, um, I think that's something, yeah, too. Like, not... Suns can win on the road as an underdog. Well, hey, you know, the big, I know that the big, definitely the biggest hampers for the Bucks going into this game and what, you know, is probably going to give the Suns the edge here is, you know, Zach put this on the slide, but I didn't talk about this, but the Bucks aren't going to have the Nassus Antetokounmpo, like, they're going to be missing one of their key players, guys. Like, <laughs> you should have just been like, Antetokounmpo's not playing. Antetokounmpo's not playing. <laughs> yeah, they get Yeah, I put, that, I, put that in the, uh, I put that in our group chat when I found out, like, before yeah. uh, Game 5 started. I was like, well, Bucks are screwed. <laughs> <laughs> the Nassus isn't playing. Yeah. And they don't have their, like, third-string assistant coach, you know. He, oh, yeah. The... <laughs> I love how you the said guy, the, the guy who sets up the chairs on timeouts. That's what he does. You know, you know when they set up those little folding chairs. Yeah, the, the <laughs> assistant to the assistant. Yes, yes. See, Gatorade bottles are not available. Well, well this is thing is funny because, like you said, you mentioned strings. Like the first string is like you know he's maybe helping out the coach with the play, and then the second string's getting the Gatorade bottles, while the third string's setting up the chairs. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then the fourth, the fourth string guy is the one that yells every time they think there's a foul. <laughs> oh yeah. No, usually that actually that's usually the strength coach. That's what I've noticed. Uh, those are that's those are the strength coaches. Uh, I was oh, gonna yeah, say they want to get they want to get the most like intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say the, uh, the the fourth strings job was to point out to the uh, mop boys where to where to like swipe the sweat. Oh, that oh was yeah. Their job. Over there. <laughs> right there. Right Over there. there, Chris Middleton just uh, let it all drain out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Uh, okay, let's get back on topic, guys. Um so let's um let's kind of go through like we did these continuous finals topics and we we've already talked about this first one I had. Connor Connor kind of picked that as his question about game 6, but um so he's on record with Suns winning or no, Bucks winning game 6, but if the Suns win it, he thinks Suns would win the 7th game. Eric, you said you're picking the Bucks to win Game Six. If it goes seven, what, what would your pick be, Bucks or Suns? Oh my God, dude! <laughs> <laughs> I see. For me, it would depend on how Game Six goes. I like, like if the Suns like come out in Game Six and like torch the Bucks somehow and like just have this insane comeback after these three losses and blow them out. 
then I would thank the Suns. But if it like if it's a close game like we've had in games four or five, yeah. like I'm still I'm still giving it to the Bucks. Like they they've been better in these closer situations that we've been having now. So like unless the Suns blow them out in game six, like I'll probably take the Bucks. But so I'm not going to officially make a pick right now. I feel like it's too okay. early, but. But, you know, I'll make my pick, you know, before the game, if game seven happens and, uh, you know, we'll mention it in the next episode. I yeah. will I will make a pick, but too early for me right now. OK, I'm uh, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, I, I picked the Suns to start. I'm going to I'm going to stick with the Suns. I'm I'm going to say they they win game six here and then coming back home. I do think they have that advantage um, being at home. The game six will be the tougher one, I think, to win. Um, being on the road, obviously, that's tougher. So game six, tougher win for him. But I do think that the Suns can still uh, win the series. I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Bucks win game six, but that's just going to be my picks. Um, and then here's another uh, question I have for you guys. And it's really going to, I think, depend on possibly game six uh or seven if necessary but uh what are the chances you guys think that chris middleton is the finals mvp if the bucks win because uh we know Giannis has struggled from the free throw line and and uh also too there's always it seems to be a factor with the voting where if you have big games and a loss they don't count as much if you had that same game in a win and Middleton's had his better games in wins uh Giannis had some good games in losses he's had good games throughout the whole series but um Chris Middleton uh, these last couple have really he's really stepped up and in some people's eyes has been the best player in these last two games for the Bucks so um obviously Giannis is still the favorite rightfully so but is, do you think that there's any chance this happens? Does if Middleton repeats um, how he did a couple games ago and, and goes lights out, does he get Finals MVP, or do you think there's no way uh, Giannis doesn't get it if the Bucks win? I'll start with uh, Connor first. I think the chances are very low. I'll say that. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it would have to be a situation where. Like Middleton would have to, he would obviously have to keep up the same thing that he's been doing. Um, I think he'd probably have to do a little bit more than he's been doing. I mean, I know he had the 40 points in, um, in game four, but I mean, I think he would have to do that again. Cause obviously he was very, a very efficient 29 in game five, but I think he needs to do more than 29 and maybe like, again, have another like 35 to 40 point game. And I do think Giannis would have to falter in some way. Like, you know, I know obviously the free throws are bad, but I think he would kind of have to have Giannis would have to have a game, in my opinion, like he had in game one, which was like it was something like he had a 20 point game or something. Um, and like, you know, the defense that the Suns were doing was working on him. Um, it would have to be something like that, like 20 points. I mean, I know in that game he had a bunch of rebounds, even though he only had 20 points. but. Um, or, but that was also a game he got into foul trouble, too. I know he had five fouls in that game. So I feel like Giannis would have to have some kind of performance like that. Because if he has another performance like he had in game five or in game four, like not a spectacular, but still like a very solid like Giannis-like performance, then I think Giannis has to end up taking it. Just because, I don't know, I feel like in some ways 
giving it to Chris Middleton, like, obviously, I'm not saying, you know, that he's not deserving, but I just feel like Giannis, like, if you weren't to give it to him, I feel like that almost in a way is a disservice to Giannis. Just, I, and I feel like, you know, LeBron fans say this all the time with LeBron, but I feel like the situation's a little bit different because Giannis has been going out and putting out these big games, like, every game. And it, I feel like it's one thing that, you know, we expect it so much now that if he doesn't do something spectacular, like, you know, when he had the 40 point games in games two and three, I feel like if he doesn't do something like that, it's almost like, yeah. oh, Giannis just had another like 30, 12, like, 30 point game, 12 rebounds, whatever, you know, sort of like game, sort of, you know, his sort of dominant style game, you know, but we just kind of forget about it because, you know, oh, it's Giannis, like he's supposed to do that. Because I feel like almost in a way, also, like, it looks really, it looks, makes Middleton's bad games look really bad, in my opinion, because you know the Suns are focusing completely on Giannis. Like, Giannis is going to get all the double teams, Giannis is going to get all the attention. It's like, if Chris Middleton doesn't play like he has been, then that's really bad because he's supposed to be an all star level player, you know. Yeah, I know Zach has said that he's like the most underrated player in this series and possibly, you know, in a large amount, the NBA, it's like, if he doesn't come out and get and have these 29 point games and, you know, really efficient games when he's probably getting like some really good looks, then he's doing something. Then that's really bad. (laughs) Yeah. So like I said, I feel like it's just going to be a disservice, honestly, if they don't, don't give it to Giannis, if the bucks win, just, it just diminishes him as a player, in my opinion. All right, Eric, same question for you. Do you feel as strongly as Connor, or are you more open-minded uh, with Middleton having a chance for MVP? Uh, I feel pretty much pretty much as strongly as Connor. Yeah. I mean, and, I, and I definitely agree that Middleton is deserving. I mean, this is the most consistent like stretch in a playoff series uh, that I've seen from him. He, he hasn't really been having, like, an up game and then a down game and then two up games and a down game, you know, or whatever, like, like he's been playing pretty well the entire series. And I give him a ton of credit for that. He's obviously a big reason why the bucks are doing so well. But I think just with the whole, like with the storyline of Giannis having that knee injury that looked horrific, but he came back within a week and played in the finals. I mean, just putting the numbers aside for a second i mean i think the the storyline of him coming back and doing that and then not only playing through it you're having some mvp level games and the series uh during that i mean i just with everything that he did to get back and ready for the finals i mean i think you have to give it to him if the bucks win the series uh, plus, he's also had some huge pl- individual plays in this legacy that, you know, those individual moments like and uh, it was either game three or game four. I don't remember, but he had that uh, or God, I don't I can't remember which game was. That's bad. I don't remember. But uh, where uh, DeAndre Ayton was like going up, for, they were trying to like lob it up to him for him to get an alley-oop dunk. And he uh, that was it. that was game four. Yeah, that that was I knew it was one of the ones they that they won. I just couldn't remember. But so, I mean, especially with that one being a close game, I mean, that was a huge moment to spur the Suns momentum. And then obviously the, you know, alley-oop he got uh, on that fast break to 
pretty much seal uh, game five. I mean, that, you know, those moments are huge. Uh, so, you know, people are going to look at that too. You know, people aren't going to, people might not necessarily look at the factor of the whole series, but he's had some incredible moments and I give him a ton of credit for coming back from the injury. So like, I do think Middleton has a chance. I don't think it's very high though, mm-hmm. but if he, like, if, like I'm not, I'm not as much on, as Connor where though, we're like, if say if Middleton gets it, then it would diminish Giannis. I, I don't, I, I don't feel that strongly. Like I would be okay if Middleton gets it, but I do agree though, that I do think Giannis should get it barring a, horrible like if they win a game six and he has a horrible game or something barring something like that i give it to Giannis. all right and then another question i have for you um booker has now had back-to-back 40 point games but they've both been losses so um he desperately needs some sort of help um i'll ask you guys this question like and you can go you can go different directions with this where does the help need for uh booker do you think they need more help defensively do you think he needs more offensive help from a certain player what um what's what sort of help uh referees getting him to the free throw line more <laughs> like uh you can go any kind of direction on this um i'll let uh eric start start on this one um yeah i mean it's a tough answer because it seems like there's just been inconsistencies from his team at different, you know, points in the series. But uh, for me, like I kind of alluded to it earlier, but I know he had a, a you know much better, uh, well, a better game five, but he needs more help from Chris Paul. I mean, he's got to be more consistent with the jumper, less turnovers, uh, well, let me well, let me ask you this. this is just for like this finals, right? This isn't like going forward. Yeah, this uh, this is just the series. Okay. I'm not talking about like the okay. future. But I'll say if there's one thing that like will also really uh, you know, grind my gears, like the rest I talked about, it's when a team in the NBA finals and this often happens to LeBron's teams, but then they lose and then the narrative is, well, he needs more help. I'm like, bro, you were in the NBA finals. <laughs> You've got a good team. Like, Other than that one year where the Cavs just had a bunch of bums and he got them to the flight, that one, I that one is like the one where I'll make an exception. But, you know, like this year, obviously AD went down, but when there was the whole like, oh, they need more help. I'm like, bro, like this is a final. <laughs> this team just won the championship. Like, I don't want to hear that. But so that's <laughs> kind of where I thought you were going with this. Like, was for the off season. I was like, ooh, I don't really like this because the Suns are in the finals. But, but yeah, but Chris Paul needs to be more like he did in games one and two. He needs to be more efficient, uh, not with you know not having the turnovers and, but also like even though he's had these great 40 point games, he needs to stop getting into foul trouble because he's missing chunks of the game. And, you know, while 40, these 40 point games have obviously been great. I mean, you don't see that happen, you know, too, too often, even with today's NBA with it being more stat driven and quick paced offense and stuff, like you still don't see that all the time, but when you're getting in foul trouble, that's leading to you having to be on the bench and you're that's hurting your team or even if you stay out there in foul trouble you can't be as aggressive because you don't want to get more fouls so there is still more that he could do but teammate wise i'm going chris paul what about you connor yeah it's a tough question i mean i'm trying to think of something different so i figured you'd probably go the chris paul route um i mean 
honestly, I guess I could probably make the argument that they do need more help defensively. I mean, I don't know where they're going to get it from because obviously, you know, we've talked about this before, like the lack of size that they have compared to the Bucks. You know, like when DeAndre Ayton's out on the court or not on the court, you know, getting rebounds is really hard. <laughs> um, especially if like, you know, even if Giannis or Lopez is on the bench, like they, you know, they have Bobby Portis to go grab rebounds for them. So, which, I mean, he didn't grab a whole lot in game five, surprisingly. He only had three, but, um, you know, it's... I think it's just more so the defensive side, like containing, um, you know, Giannis and Middleton and all of that. Because, I mean, you know, when you have a game where you shoot 68% from three and you lose, like, that's gut-crunching. You know, it's Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's clearly, to me, there's some kind of issue on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know what it is to fix it, because obviously, you know, they had that whole thing, like the Giannis wall that they put up, you know, that was going to stop Giannis, but clearly that hasn't exactly worked as well as they hoped it would. Like, you know, Giannis hasn't scored 40 points again, but, you know, he's still been, you know, 26 in game four and 32 in game five. Like, that's still not helpful. And then again, you know, Middleton going off. So they just have to find defense from somewhere. Like I said, I don't know where they can find it from, but um you know, they need to find a way to control Giannis and really just control Middleton at this point because, you know, they proved that they can win, um, you know, with Giannis scoring a lot of points if they kept Middleton in check. Because, I mean, if you look back at, you know, really, especially game two when Middleton only had like 11 points, you know, and they managed to win that game quite easily, you know, because Giannis didn't have the support of his cast. So, Really, in my mind, you know, keep up with whatever you're doing with Giannis, but maybe draw up something to try and, you know, even if you want to double team Giannis, you know, try and find a way to stop Chris Middleton, too. I don't know, again, what that would be, who you would put on him, like what the strategy would be, but um, find some defensive answer to Chris Middleton because, you know, that's really what's been killing them because, you know, it hasn't really worked with Giannis and, I'm not sure there's much else they could do with him. So if you can't find another answer to Giannis, then find a way to stop Middleton. Yeah, I I like that answer. Um, And then this last question might be the most hypothetical one we've asked all night, because I know (laughs) I know we've asked some hypothetical ones, but obviously, you know, it's noted that the Bucks are undefeated at home this year in the playoffs. And uh, this is, like I said, real hypothetical, but is it, do you think we've, we underestimated the Bucks this year because of last year's playoffs in the bubble and there was no home court advantage? And if there had been, the Bucks wouldn't have lost like they did and they might have competed for a championship. Do you think, um, do you think the fact of them, you know, having a home court advantage is such a big difference that, you know, this is almost the same Bucks team except for Drew Holiday. You know, is the missing piece uh, the home court advantage for the playoffs, or is that not as big as a not as big of a factor? I'm guessing is what I'm trying to say. Like, do they win la- next last year um, if they if they play at home? Because we've seen how good they are at home this year. Uh, I'll start with Connor first. I mean, I'm sure the Bucks would tell you that because I know. <laughs> That was actually, I remember listening and reading about that was one of their excuses. I remember when they were, you know, getting destroyed by the heat for the most part. Like, 
I don't remember who it was who was saying it. I mean, maybe it was Budenholzer. I can't remember. But like somebody within the organization, some prominent person, player or coach was saying, basically saying that they were like, oh, like, you know, it's really hard. Like we're down here in the bubble and, you know, we did all this work in the regular season to be the number one team. And now we don't have our fans cheering us on. Um, So, I mean, I don't think that's a, I don't think it's a huge deal, honestly. I mean, it's definitely impressive that you're undefeated at home and, you know, you want to have the fan support and, you know, you want to have David Bakhtiari chugging beers at your games, <laughs> but you know, it's, I don't think it's a huge deal. Really. I, I don't think they would have, I still don't think they would have won last year if they had been at home. I think they were just kind of, I don't know. I think they were still disorganized in a way, the an organization that they somehow found this year, even if I'll say this, like, even if they had managed to get, make it through the East last year, with the way that they were playing, you know, by the time at that time of the season, I think the Lakers would have still beaten them. Like, I think the Lakers were the better team by that point. So, um, so yeah, I don't think it's a huge deal, but you know, it's something that you obviously can't didn't, you know, look away from, especially when this is like the deciding game in the NBA Finals, and you're going into Milwaukee, where Milwaukee is, I don't know the official record, but like you said, undefeated at home. It's like makes it just that slightly bit more intimidating. Maybe it gets into the head of Phoenix just slightly more. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So Eric, do you, do you agree with Connor or do you think more that, that, wow, maybe, maybe they really would have won last year if they were at home seeing this nah, year. The, the, the Bucks just straight choked last year. I mean, <laughs> they, I, that's such a pathetic excuse. Oh, we, we didn't have our fans. Like, or Paul George. <laughs> That's kind of like Paul George saying, like, oh, I'm having a, the anxiety or whatever it was. Yeah, when I'm in a five-star hotel getting free food every night. I'm only having to travel five minutes to the game. To getting paid millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, like, but the whole, like, I mean, obviously, yeah, when you're competing in a season and you're – you know, in the top three seeding, you know, you're going to go for that number one seed to try to get the home field or home court advantage. And, you know, it sucked they didn't get it last year. But, I mean, let's be real. They straight choked. I mean, and to be like, oh, we didn't have our fans. Like, well, neither did anybody else. I mean, it's not like <laughs> everyone else like was in when, the same boat. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like when they lost to the Heat last year and they played games one and two that then they had to play that in the bubble. But then games three and four, they had to go to Miami and, Miami had their fans in the th- uh, in the arena or something like Miami didn't have home court advantage for games three and four in that series. You know, like no, nobody had home court. There was so, only like de facto home and away teams. <laughs> yeah, they had their, they had the video boards, the video trance with the Bucks logo on it, you know, and the button, like the, 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 the like animated Bucks fans sitting in the chairs or what the Making seats or whatever. Noise. Yeah, <laughs> because maybe, you know, you could say, well, maybe, you know, you lose a game that would have been, you know, a home game. Uh, maybe you would have won that game if you were at home. But then you could also win a game a couple games later that would have been on the other team's home court. You know, so it's like, I don't know, that that was a pretty pathetic excuse by the Bucks last year when that happened. Like that, that that's, I guess, been the biggest difference for me between the Bucks last year to this year is like Chris Middleton and Giannis have both done a much better job in the playoffs of stepping up in key moments and not disappearing in the fourth quarter and going on the Kyle Lowry milk carton. I mean, they, <laughs> they've done a lot better. I mean, I, it, even though the Nets had some injuries, like when they beat the Nets, 
and you know game seven overtime in that series you know that's when i was like okay you know this is a sign that the bucks are are turning it around and they're starting to get away from this uh you know choke artist label the fact that they came through in that series and even after kevin durant hit that big shot to tie the game like they didn't let it phase them and they still went and won in overtime like that is the, and that game wasn't at home that was on the road so you know they it, it wasn't the home court advantage or anything like that it they choked last year they they weren't going to win <laughs> <laughs> all right now, guys if they, had the mentality, if they had the mentality that they uh do now you know like this year if they had that same mentality last year maybe they could have won but yeah. they didn't have it last year and i do have to make a uh dad joke uh <laughs> after, we, after we talked about like are we being that podcast uh with the you know with the big bucks thing earlier so i've got one for the suns is the sun setting on the sun's nba season Oh my god, Eric, you're oh. gone. Don't come back. <laughs> Eric's been banned. I'm gonna have I've to been. run. That. I'm gonna have to run that episode in a couple weeks by myself. And another, and another, uh, another uh, Yu-Gi-Oh quote. They have banished me to the shadow realm. You know? Oh my lord. <laughs> okay, they're like, now you're gone for sure. Yeah, now you really are gone. All right, someone cut Eric's mic off, guys. All right, thank you guys for listening and watching to this episode. Let us know on Twitter if you agree with our our takes. You can find us on Twitter at Clutch Crew Sport, and we are going to be back next week. We will for sure know a champion. (laughs) Yeah, minus Eric. We will for sure know (laughs) who has won the series. We'll be here to talk about it, and then the season, next season, starts right up again, so we got a mock draft as well in next week's episode. Hopefully, you'll tune in for that. Until then, remember, be clutch. Bye. Peace.